Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use at home to help bring your game up to the next level. Today, we'll be talking about uh, gathering information inspiration from various sources and how you can implement it in to give a rich variety of plots, characters, and feels to your game. In the studio today, my name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. To steal or not to steal? That is the question. No, no, that's not the question. <laughs> we're totally going to steal things. Absolutely. Uh, we're going out there. This is a case of don't feel bad about borrowing from other sources. Uh, it's it's OK to, to borrow, to steal, whatever you want to call it, because you're taking a portion of something else, making it your own and giving it its own flavor. Yeah. And you're not diminishing the original work when you do so. Yeah, I mean, first of all, they have this saying, like, every good idea has already been written down or something like that. Yeah. If you come up with something and you feel like it's fresh, just go with it. Don't worry if it seems like something else, you good, know. Uh, good creative minds take inspiration. Geniuses steal. Yeah. You know, maybe you come up with this idea for, you know, a, a game where they have to carry some artifact to its destruction or something. Okay, yes, it's very Lord of the Rings-ish, but that doesn't take away that... Okay, maybe your take on it might be worth playing. Right. Um, and there's a lot there that also comes into play because you're going to have a different set of characters surrounding the plot, which means things may proceed differently. Mm -hmm. um, so let's start with talking about good sources for material. Um, right there with Lord of the Rings, we kind of not only books, but also the movies. Right. Um, not just specifically Lord of the Rings, but I mean like books in general, movies in general. You can get some good plot lines, some good characters, some interesting descriptions that can maybe inspire you to create something uh, of your own. And especially if you're working in the fantasy genre. Right. Uh, game, you know, games or not games, um, series like uh, Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or any of the, the Dragonlance Chronicles, any of the fantasy D&D books that have come out are all going to have good material for if you're running right. a fantasy game. Right. Now, before we continue here, it's, it might be different. If you are a GM that is looking to get published, which if you are and you're listening to our podcast, great, let us know. Uh, but if you're looking to get published in any way, okay, then you definitely want to make sure you're not plagiarizing. But if you're coming up with your own idea that is unique the way you're presenting it and unique to what you're doing, obviously make sure you don't call your artifact that you're taking. You're not taking it to Mount Doom and it's not called the One Ring. So... But beyond that, you're taking it to Mount Gloom and it is the two ring. Exactly. Uh, so oh, wait, that's ripping off World of Warcraft. Oh, is it? There's a two ring. It's slightly better than the one ring. I played WoW for a little bit, but it yeah. didn't it didn't stick. Uh, anyway, wow him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so obviously there's, you know, it's fine line there. You want to make sure you're not doing that. But for the most part. But as you as you pointed out, very important. Don't plagiarize. Right. But taking an artifact back to where it was created to destroy it mm -hmm. in and of itself is not plagiarism. Right. Now, 
Exactly. That that concept is not plagiarism. But what I mean is, so maybe you find this fantasy book that's not particularly popular, but you picked it up, you read it, and you thought, okay, this is cool. I might run a game based around this. You can use the same exact things, um, and it's not plagiarism so long as you're not trying to get it published. If you're just running a homebrew, hey, this will be a fun little game to put everybody through. Don't worry about it. Use use the same names, use the same locations if you want. Yeah. It's no big deal. The only The only thing is if you are looking to try to get published, in any way, then you want to make sure that you're not directly stealing from someone else's material, even if it's not very well known. If that person or anyone they know finds out, then you know, there could be consequences. Right. And, the, and that's with you know, books, movies. Uh, we also have your TV, uh, comic books, games, both video games and maybe other games that you've played in. You may be playing in a game with somebody else and they do something really cool. And you're like, oh, my group could do something great with that. Yeah. None of my players are in this game. So I'm going to go back to the other game and I'm going to, as a DM, put them through something similar to see how they react. Yeah. Actually, a, a, a good a good example I can pick up real quick from another game is the fifth edition um, starter pack has the uh, the Lost Minds of Fandelver uh, game for starting gameplay. And in it, one of the features is a place called Cragmaw Castle which is his castle overrun by uh, goblins, essentially. And a really cool name. Yeah, it is a really cool name and all that. The, the layout's really neat and that sort of thing. So that's there for a specific reason. And I don't really know my D&D lore. It might, Cragmaw Castle might have come up before in other things as well. Probably has. But recently, uh, a GM for a game that I'm playing in um, retooled that dungeon design and used the same layout, but just used it for a different purpose for part of a story. So in, in a way... I know we're going to get to retooling later, but that just sort of inspired me real quick to say that yeah. it's sort of the same idea. You're taking your uh, your deal like you, you see something that works for you or, or that worked at, at one point And you're like, I like this. I like this design. I'm going to I'm going to take it and move it over here. And you can also uh, you can grab from things that aren't uh, copyright protected. There would be things right. like like folklore and, you know, children's stories or you may hear like a sequence that's described in a song and be like, well, what if we could flesh that out a little bit more? You know, mm -hmm. probably more like along like the power metal stuff that actually uses some of the fantasy imagery, but you could still find something that could right. just give you an inspiration. Or you could look at, you could model your description of a landbound dragon after seeing Trekosaurus in action. <laughs> because everyone loves Trekosaurus. Never heard of Trekosaurus. It's this machine that they use at like car shows and demolition derbies and it's oh. designed kind of like a like a t-rex type thing and oh, breathes okay. fire oh and, yeah yeah okay i have seen that yeah, yeah. that's that yeah okay yeah, yeah truckosaurus <laughs> <laughs> it breathes fire i'm like is is this a movie i haven't heard of <laughs> no it sounds terrible but maybe not you you know what i'm talking about jared right mm -hmm. <laughs> okay it breathes fire <laughs> That was that was what that was what keyed it in for Ed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The giant machine dinosaur ripping apart cars. I don't know. It breathes fire. Oh right. I had lots of other giant machine dinosaurs ripping apart cars running through my head. Well, yeah, yeah, naturally. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of different sources. Any anything that gets you an inspiration that makes that makes you maybe look at it and think, "Wow, this could be cool in a game." Right. Is any it's something you can use for an inspiration. Um, and you can, you can chop it up. You don't need to take 
everything wholesale. Right. You don't need to take all of it. Right. You can yeah. you can take the plot. You can take the twists. You can take a scene, a set, a character. Um, yeah. You like you like Lord of the Rings. Maybe you don't need to have them taking the artifact to the place where it was created to destroy it, but you want to have a siege that's similar to the Battle of Helm's Deep from the two towers in the movie. Yeah. You know, you can set that up and you can use a lot of like the mood there, like the the chanting of the orcs outside the walls and the rain starts falling and there's thunder and lightning and slipping on the flagstones and stuff. And just to evoke a lot of those same details, you're taking that inspiration. Yeah. You're grabbing it from somebody else's creative origin, but you're using it for your own purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I like to look at too, is a lot of people will look at, you know, popular or famous materials. Um, find B movies, find, Oh yeah. You know, find just shitty looking stuff. Like, you know, like you look at it and you think I would never watch this in a million years. You know what? Pick it up and watch it. And, and I do this sometimes I'll watch it and I'll be like, how would I have made that better? What did I not like about it? What would I have fixed? So sometimes think of, think of things like that. Like, okay, well there, maybe you have this book that you're reading. That's maybe not so great. You know, what, how would you make it better? Okay. Can you work that into being a game? Maybe there's this movie that had this one really cool part, but the rest of it sucked. How would you make it better? Is there a way you could make that into a game? So you can get inspiration from literally from everything, including things that really kind of suck. So keep an eye out for that sort of thing. You know, obviously don't don't spend all of your days watching crap you're going to hate, yeah. but, you know, look at it. See if maybe there's a thing in there that catches your eye and that you could, you could use for inspiration. And just like keep a notepad around like, oh, hey, let me just jot down a quick idea. Just flash of inspiration from somewhere you might not have expected it from. Um, also, you, you brought up a good point where you maybe it sucks, but there's one thing that's really cool. If you take something, take the inspiration and take it out of its original setting, it sometimes can be hard to see that you've stolen anything at all. Um, we were right. talking we were talking in the pre-show about, OK, we're going to steal a character. Character is a prince who's recently gone insane after the death of his father the previous king um and the players find out that the prince is faking the insanity because he believes that his father was assassinated and the assassins are still around and he's trying to undercover them or he's trying to uncover them um well you know keeping them off of his trail you know that's an interesting character for a fantasy game and you may not have thought of it but that's also hamlet which when you take him out of the context of everything that he's in becomes an unrecognizable generic character. But then again, not really generic because the players it's fairly memorable for the players. Oh, this is all the stuff that's going on. And for those listeners who may not be as familiar with Hamlet, take everything Jerry just said. That's the Lion King. Basically a little bit retooled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they changed things. Obviously they, the main characters were lions. And less animals, pe- less people end up dead at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> not enough though. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to, to remain true, uh, Simba would have had to die. Timon and Pumbaa would have had to have died. That's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I encourage that. <laughs> not a not a fan of Hakuna Matata. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, what? retooling is a, a big trick that you're going to need to be able to, you know to 
I mean, that's kind of the, the big trick to the whole thing. I mean, you can just plane out steel, you know, just take the same, like Ed said earlier, you know, as long as you're not trying to publish anything, you can just take the same exact setting characters, everything, and just put your character, you know, your, your players in that world, and that's perfectly fine. But if you want to attempt to make it your own in any way, shape, or form, or try to hide what it is from your players, then you're just going to have to retool things. So a lot of that will just be reskinning. You know, you're going to, instead of it being take the, the one ring to the volcano to the, destroy it, maybe you're taking it to... The underground forge. Of yeah, the forge exactly. Some forge and you're dropping yeah. it in the, you know, the molten metal or, you know, instead of... Or it has to be shattered on the anvil. Or or, or there's there's a, a, the most powerful mage in the world is a missing recluse and he's the only one who can destroy it. So you have to find out who it is. Yeah. Luke's, you know, you can take Star Wars and retool that. So you got, you know, okay, all the players. Turns out that one of the, you know, the the leader of the your the the band of heroes in your group is related to the the big bad evil guy. He didn't know it. Long lost father that was never around, kind of thing. You know, like yeah. who's going to instantly think Darth Vader? And even if they do, whatever. You know, like a lot of these, a lot of your players will, in retrospect, be able to look back and maybe see the similar uh, similarities. But when they're playing the game, they're just going to be like, hey, that was cool. You know, that yeah. was fun. And even if you do flat up use what's already been done, uh, that's not so bad either. I was in a game where and it was actually for the Lord of the Rings uh, 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 role playing game where the, the, the GM said, OK, guys, you're going to make characters and we're basically just going to play the Lord of the Rings. And. Our character started out at the council at Rivendell. We took a false magical item that was supposed to lure all the forces away from the other group. But we ended up going on the basically the same trail that they went on, um, you know, sort of as decoys. But it was a blast. Like, if you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings, it was really fun because you're basically your characters doing that. You mm-hmm. know, we went through the mines of Moria. You know, we went through Mirkwood. You know, we had this epic battle at Helm's Deep. Like, we were part of that battle. Like, it was actually really cool. So, you know, if it hasn't really been done with your group before and everyone's sort of into the idea, just, you know, maybe you can just say, okay, everyone make new characters. You're basically, we're going to be doing Lord of the Rings or something else. Especially being straight, just straight up honest. You know, you, you have the trust with the players that we've talked about. You know, you, your, gate, your group is together because you kind of like doing the same things. Yeah. Like, hey, how would you guys like to do this? And right. the, we're, going to, we're going to rip off Lord of the Rings. We're going to do kind of a side story with that. Right. You could easily have a group that'd be like, that'd be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. And you specifically go in, okay, you're not going to play as like Legolas or Gimli or Aragorn. You're not going to be Gandalf or Frodo. You're not going to be those characters. Nobody wants to be Frodo. But, well... But you, your characters will, uh, you're going to build a team. And we ended up playing, I was the Gondorian character. Another, per, another uh, my buddy was the, the, the uh, a guy from Rohan. You know, we had uh, an elven uh, wizard and a dwarven fighter. And we had all those sorts of things. So we had, um, we had, you know, a diverse group that sort of resembled the characters from the Lord of the Rings. It was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, and but they were our own characters, and we had yeah. fun with them. And that's taking inspiration. Everybody knows. Everybody's okay with it. It's yeah, great. Um, it was it was funny too because we ended up in almost the same spot, like in the Lord of the Rings. We got surrounded by men from Rohan, and they asked, "What is what is a man, an elf, and a dwarf doing in these parts?" So it was, it was funny because you got to retool the line. You got mm-hmm. to reuse the line essentially. 
Not so bad. More often than elves doing these parts. Actually, it happens a lot more often than you'd expect. Right. <laughs> um, with something that Jared brought up when it comes to retooling as well, because he mentioned Star Wars, um, you can also disguise it by putting it into a different setting. You can take Star Wars, like that basic plot, throw it into a fantasy setting. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah. another big trick for uh, retooling or, or trying to uh, throw people off if you're worried about them realizing what you're doing is mixing and matching so you can take like the story of Star Wars, but put it in like the setting of Lord of the Rings and then put, you know, but have them play like the main characters of like Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like obviously like and again, if you're trying to throw them off, you're going to like you're going to relabel everything. You know, names yeah. are a big thing. You don't want to have big giveaways. But, you know, you use, OK, I'm going to use this, you know, fantasy setting of like similar to Lord of the Rings. And I'm going to have but I'm going to have very realistic you know, low magic kind of characters, kind of like, you know, the Game of Thrones guys, very rugged, you know, very fighter based. But I'm going to totally use like the the plot and storyline of Star Wars and no one would know what the hell's going on. But you're like, I just stole from three different things and put them all together and boom, right. we have a story. Yep. I had an excellent campaign that I was a player in, uh, in which we were doing occult investigation. And after the after the campaign was done, or it might have actually been while it was still running, the GM admitted to me, he's like, what I do when I need to come up with a, with a new session, with a new plot line of what's going on, I watch a few episodes of Law and & Order. And then, okay, now I've got kind of a crime, something that needs investigating. Yeah, that makes sense. And make it an occult, give it an occult twist. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it, in Law & Order, it shows how it all plays out and it's all mundane. There's, there's no magical. But how would I give that an occult twist? And use that for inspiration. Um, and I've gone back afterwards because I started watching Law and Order a few years ago. And like I've seen an episode where like, hey, I think I know how this works out <laughs> <laughs> because of playing the game and getting that inspiration that right. the GM did and then changed this, the way it worked within the setting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get inspiration for anything, TV shows, movies, songs, you know, um, anything that's just sort of like and it's funny, too. It's anything that speaks to you. But it you could get inspiration from the entirety of what it is that you're listening to or watching or reading or whatever, or just a piece. Right. Yeah, like yeah. maybe there's just like, like you're maybe you read this book and there's like one element to it that you're like that is awesome. Like the rest of the book, you might you might enjoy it, and but but you pick to like this, maybe it's the setting. Maybe it's this sort of subsetting that another character's from that they kind of t- tell you about, but they don't really explore it. And you're like, man, that would be awesome to like do that in a game. Okay, so you're not actually copying the book. You're just like, well, that one setting, I'm gonna how would I evolve that setting? What would how would I turn that into a game? So all all kinds of different things. It, it can be on a whole, like if you are redoing the Lord of the Rings, or it could just be like a minor, like one one piece, like one thing about it. Like, so maybe stealing from the Lord of the Rings, maybe it's just all of your characters are, are playing halflings and the Shire is getting overrun. So your game is, you know, how to, you're like trying to defend the Shire. I could see that getting into uh halfling guerrilla warfare. Yeah. Like taking some, taking some inspiration from like the classic depiction of Vietnam, you know, like, <laughs> like the halflings in camo, like going in for raids at, at night and just like, they're not going to beat us because they don't want it badly enough. We're going to prove that this is our home and we're going to keep it. Yeah. Anyone who's a fan of the, uh, the books uh, in, in Tolkien mythology knows that uh, at the end of the third book, um, Oh, what the hell's his name? I can't Saruman, Saruman. Saruman. And I think Wormtongue's with him, right? I don't know. 
I don't remember. It's been a while since I read the books. But anyway, Saruman does go and uh, uh, what? I would. I have to admit it, but I'm probably gonna get at least some flack for it. I've never actually finished finished the trilogy. Oh, the books, Mister. I read okay. everything and don't watch movies. <laughs> I know I read <laughs> that's really weird considering that it's you. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, I'm not strong on books, but I have read that trilogy. <laughs> Anyways, at the end of it, Saruman, who is now, I think the wizard, like many colors is what he's calling himself. And I want, I think Wormtongue's with him. I but I think he is. Yeah. And they go in and they basically take over the Shire. It's, it's and now. Scouring of the Shire, I believe it's referred to as. Uh, yeah, that, that could be right. I don't remember specifically. But now after all of this huge, massive journey that has been on this big epic journey, Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin come back and they see this. But now they're actually equipped to deal with it. Like when they left the Shire, they couldn't really deal with anything. But now that they're back, they're kind of badasses. Mm -hmm. And they're able to get rid of this threat and just drive him out. Well, that could be the one thing that you pick for your storylines. Okay, guys, everyone's going to roll a halfling character. And your characters all have to worry about some sort of invasion into your homeland. It could be a wizard and his servant are invading it in some way. It doesn't have to be. It could be anything else. And just go from there and just see how that uh, um, how that works for you. So you can take little things uh, as well as the large overarching idea. Another one that you kind of inspired uh, just talking about that is I love to steal villainous plots. Mm -hmm. Like what is the bad guy planning? Um, and there's lots of places where, especially when you get into comic books, when you have like recurring villains and like, they'll try this or that or that you may be able to find something that's okay. I could use that that basic concept of this is how I'm going to achieve my ends, pull that into a game and you kind of know where it's going and it's already set up for, for to be foiled. Right. No. And I, I agree with that. And also since I think we're going to be transitioning into retooling here in a second, you know, if you actually go back and you look at villainous plots throughout like comic books, most of them are the same. Like they're not that varied. There's some revenge. There's some we're going to turn things into mutants. There's some we're going to kill this type of person. There's some we're going to take over things. Like we're going to get rich, or or we're going to get rich. We're just going to steal stuff. Like there, don't get me wrong. Like there's a lot of them, and they're good, but a lot of them aren't really that varied. But the thing that makes them all special is just the way they do it in that particular story. Yeah, there's tons of villains who have gone and tried out, tried to kill Batman. You know, and and they they've failed essentially I, th I think he i think he's died once though hasn't he like in the in comic book oh uh, well because he was he was he was part of the green lantern core thing and he was a black lantern so he must have been dead at one point but it doesn't matter there are a lot of like minor deaths and stuff that are like undone in the same issue and stuff like that but i mean what what character has really hunted batman and beaten him better than bane you know, and he has he did it so well and so spectacularly. And anyone who really follows Batman knows that image of Bane holding him up above his head and then breaking his back. And I would love to steal the lead up for Nightfall for one of my yeah. games. If you're not familiar with it, Bane decides that he can beat Batman. Uh -huh. He can take him in a fair fight, but doesn't want to fight fair. So he busts everyone out of Arkham. Yeah. simultaneously and Batman's running around going after all these minor villains and just has no rest. And it's after he takes, he takes down like 11 or 12 villains in a row. And then he has to fight all of Bane's henchmen. Then he fights Bane. Yeah. And, and, and that is actually my point. So how many villains have actually tried to go after Batman, go after Batman? Like, okay, I'm done. I'm taking you out. A lot of them. Yeah. 
And they've all done it their different way. That was the way Bane did it. But each different way they do it is unique to their own character or unique yep. to the specific way they're trying that time. So that makes each story worth reading. So if you're worried about sealing a thing and, you know, maybe, oh, people are going to figure it out. Well, you know, don't worry too much about it because your story with the players that you have and the characters that you built, it's going to be worth it because everyone's going to have their new take on it. And yeah, maybe you are going to sort of mock the thing you're stealing from, but it's going to be good natured and fun. No. You know, when when our Lord of the when our Lord of the Rings group got called out for being a Lord of the Rings group in game by the GM, it was a funny moment. You know, it was it was it was, it was fun. But, you know, so don't worry about doing that, because as long as you put your spin on it, your players will do the same thing and you'll have fun with it. All right. Um, we did actually kind of did talk a little bit about retooling. There's yeah. not really there's not really a lot to cover just to make sure yeah. that you know that if you want to use another setting, if you want to make just some changes to it, that's fine. We're talking about inspiration. We're not talking about about watching something else that tells you how to run your game. Yeah, mostly you're just reskinning things. Yeah. Yeah. And your players aren't going to care. If they do care, they're not going to care nearly as much as you think they might care. As long as they're having fun, that's what's important. Yeah. And that's what it really it really all comes down to all of this. You know, if you haven't gotten it by now, we're about having fun in the games. Yeah, there is one more source that we didn't really mention. And I think that's actually one of the, the biggest sources nowadays. And that's, I would say, YouTube or, you know, or other people's games. So that's true. Uh, I mean, it used to be, you know, movies, books, you know, and all that stuff that we already talked about. But now you can actually like, especially if you're a newer, you know, GM and you're just looking for like where to start or how to actually run a game, you know, you know, for that kind of inspiration, just go online, you know, check out Critical Role, check out Acquisitions Incorporated, check out our to be up soon 3D uh, VR game that's going to be up. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Uh but yeah, just you know, see how other people are running their game, watch what they're doing, get ideas from their story, get ideas from their characters. Yeah. You know, maybe try to figure out where they got their ideas from. You know, maybe you can say, okay, well, in this episode of Critical Role, I think, you know, Matt Mercer got his con you know, his inspiration from this movie. Right. Or there's even behind the scenes, you know, stuff where they're talking about like this is where, you know, this is kind of the concepts that I had. This is where I got my inspiration from. You know, this is why, you know, why I did what I did. And then you can actually see them execute that. So you can see both ends of the spectrum. And we'll, down the road, we'll be doing that on our channel as well. But uh, we're just getting up and running. So give us a minute. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with maybe you played in a game with one group that was really good. And then you're starting a new group, uh, you know, uh, on a different day or, or something like that. And you don't really have an idea and you're struggling. And you're like, you know what? That game I just played in was pretty fun. And just sort of go with that. Like that's, you know, or, or you, there, there's no problem with that. Yeah. You could, you could see that. Oh, I played with somebody who did this character. I like it, but I want to do my own twist on it. And this is what I'm going to do instead. And honestly, as a GM, I think if someone came to me and said, you know, Hey man, I'm starting a new game. I really like the game that you ran and I'm going to try to run that for my group. You know, do you have any notes that I could use? Anything that I could get from that? I would be flattered. Like yeah. I would think, Oh yeah, definitely, man. I will help you with it. I'll give you every note that I had on that. Do your thing. You know? Oh yeah. That's wonderful. Too bad. I never keep notes. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> yeah. on you. Um, yeah. Um, so I do kind of want to wrap it up there because we, as, as Jared said, we have some other stuff to talk about. Um, and we're going to, you know, start with the big one this week. Jerry got a serious voice. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about some very important things. Uh, starting with this weekend, 
uh, Port Con, mm-hmm. Portland, Maine. Uh, if you're going to be in the area, stop in. Uh, we are going to be doing a question and answer panel, taking questions uh, live from audience members. Uh, we are running that Friday, 11 to noon. Um, so if you're going to be in the area, definitely come by, check us out. Yeah, uh, and if you're not going to be in the area, buy a ticket right now, emergency flight to Portland, Maine, so that you can be part of the panel. Yeah. Uh, PortCon is running. You know you want to. Thursday to Sunday, which is the 22nd to the 25th. Um, so our panel is on the 23rd, and each of you, Jared and Ed, are running games on the 24th, right, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. That's right. Yeah. That's yep. right. Yeah, I'll be running a game uh, called For King and Country, which will have some sort of uh, uh, elements of uh, spies and subterfuge and that sort of thing, kind of be a... Um, uh, but a very sort of also political driven game. And when is that running? That. Why'd you ask me that? <laughs> uh, I believe 11. this game is at 10 to four, I believe. Uh, I know that it's, I know that it's, I forget the exact schedule. I know that it's six hours. I want to say maybe 10 to four, yeah. uh, but it's on there. If you're going to PortCon, they'll have this little schedule. You can see it's going to be right on there. And Jared, uh, my game is called into the breach. Uh, there's going to be a, a dimensional crack that you guys got to deal with i built mine starts two hours after ed's so i think his starts at 10 and mine starts at noon they both end at the same time because mine's going to just be a quicker four hour game his is a six hour game yep uh mine starting fifth level characters that i will be providing i believe there's five slots for my game and we don't know yet how many of those are taken up yeah no, um no so idea. if you're in the area on saturday you may be able to get in if you can get into one of those two games you can sit down with one of the guys from Game Master Studio would actually yep. have them run a game, be there, um, bring yep, up the for, podcast for, well, mm. for nothing more than brownie points. <laughs> right. And, and, and a free business card. Yeah, we'll get on a business card. So we'll be doing that. Hopefully we'll have a, have a good turnout, be looking at doing more cons in the future. If you've got you know, local conventions happening that you might be able to uh, get us into, Definitely feel free to get in touch with us. Drop a line. Um, we do have the 360 VR uh, gameplay video that we previously announced when we were on the Geektitude podcast. Um, we have had some technical issues with the final rendering of it, uh, but we do hope to have that up before the end of the month to get started and get out. Um we originally said early June looks like it's going to be late June just due to the to the minor technical hangups that have kept the final product from being published. Um, and we're looking forward to getting that out and getting those running. And of course, we're always looking for feedback, comments, questions, anything else you might have uh, to give us. You can contact us on Facebook to like, comment, subscribe. We're available on Twitter at GMS Studios. Uh, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Game Master Studio to sign up to support us, get the uh, blog and early access to some of the stuff that we've been working on. And of course, we are here with new episodes every week to uh, help you out with your game. So keep playing, having fun, and we'll see you the next time that we're back in the studio.